All right, cool. And Joel, are you doing any guiding at this point? No, okay. I just, I'm like the bodyguard CEO, banging bottoms outdoors, you know, uh, security. <laughs> right. I run that, I run that mate. stuff. He's the bodyguard. First mate, yeah. Captain even sometimes. <laughs> right. But, What is up, Yens guys? Welcome back to Fishing PAA with Ryan Reed. Guys, in this episode, we're going to continue on with our video casting, and I've got a few more special guests for you guys tonight. Now, you guys know that I am completely addicted to muskies and muskie fishing. I'm going to continue to talk about muskies and muskie fishing because I love these fish. I love chasing them. It's really consumed all of my fishing over the course of the last maybe two to three years. Um, and I am just super pumped to continue to learn more about these fish and to continue to get better at catching them. Now guys, one of the things I learned last year, one of the easy ways to cut that learning curve, cut the learning curve of a specific body of water in your area, or again, maybe a specific species of fish that you're after, one of the ways to cut that learning curve is to hire a guide. Now guys, tonight we're gonna have Doug Vanasco, we're gonna have Jesse Barnhart, and we're gonna have Mr. Joel Morrow coming on to talk Banging Bottom Outfitters. Now Banging Bottom Outfitters established 2019. You know, these guys are local fishermen. They fish local waters, and they're out there doing the musky trolling thing throughout the year. Now these three guys bring a wealth of experience to this conversation. And these three guys are some of the most genuine human beings you guys are gonna meet. And really, this is why I'm doing this stuff. The opportunity to bring guys like Doug, Jesse, and Joel on to talk fishing. You know, this is the kind of thing that gets me super excited. And again, to have guys that are just willing to talk, willing to teach. You guys can go out and schedule a charter with Doug or Jesse and Joel will be along for the ride and helping out. And you guys can go out and pick their brain and you can catch some fish. Or if you're not a big fisherman that you wanna check off in general and catching a muskie. So guys, that's what we're gonna to do tonight. We're gonna to talk to some of the most genuine local muskie anglers and local guide services and bagging bottom outfitters. And we're also gonna talk some stories. We're gonna talk about bait selection. We're gonna talk about trips that they have. We're going to get a recap from them. We're going to show some pictures of fish. I'm super pumped about this one. And hopefully you guys enjoy this video. With that said, let's go ahead and jump into the Zoomcast. And hopefully you guys like this conversation. What is up, gentlemen? How are we doing tonight? We have some, Great. we have some, sorry, go ahead, Jess. How are you doing tonight? Great. Great. All right, tonight we've got... A few special guests on and we're going to talk musky fishing and we're going to talk banging bottom so tonight we've got doug vanasco we've got joel morrow and we got jesse barnhart and you guys are all members of banging bottom god service right yes sir all right awesome so what we're going to do is we're going to talk guiding and we're going to i have a few set questions to ask you guys and I'm, I'm pretty excited for this one because 
I'll just, I'll start by telling a story. You know, I, I going back to Musky Max last year, remember being at the show and standing in front of a specific booth and talking to Doug and Jesse. And you guys gave me a lot of good information and really talked about, you know, specific bait, um, which ultimately led to me catching a number of fish last year. So right there, Leo Lures. So, you know, I was super excited because you guys are the type of people I want to bring on and talk to local fishermen and really just the type of people that'll sit down, you know, and, and help you learn something new about the sport. So first and foremost, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to jump on tonight and talk a little musky fishing and banging bottom and maybe even some Leo lures. So I appreciate that. Sounds good. So where I want to start is with these questions. I've been asking guys, you know, how they started musky fishing. And we've been talking about, you know, what ultimately led them to where they are now. So, all right. So the first question I have is when did you guys start musky fishing? So Doug, did you want to kick that one off? Yeah. Uh, I'm still confused. Either 2010, 2011, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, a lifelong buddy of mine wanted to take me out. I've always fished for everything offshore, waited at night, walleye, stripe or whatever. He was good friends with Paul Beck from Hammer Lures, which Paul lived about five minutes from me at the time. Hooked up with them guys, started talking. He's like, yeah, I don't know if you'll like this trolling stuff, but give it a try. And went out one time, showed me how to run rods. First trip we went was to Chautauqua. Went four for five on my side of the boat. That was the end of it. I was hooked. First trip. <laughs> Pretty much it. That's, I mean, that's... I, that's like a, the reoccurring theme that I keep hearing. I mean, that's yep. an, so you start, so you started off right on Chautauqua in New York. Yeah. I went to Lake Arthur just to learn how to run the rods. And at the time PA fishing, just wasn't mm-hmm. the place to be according to everyone, you know, which was Paul and Paul and Joel were friends forever. And my buddy, Adam, a couple other guys, and they're like, PA is not the place. And like I said, we went and we went to Chautauqua and we were catching lots of fish and, I mean, I probably, in my first couple of years, I probably had 150 hours at Lake Arthur and caught three fish. So it was tough in PA. But, uh, yeah, I started out pretty much ready to talk. Well, that's all. I mean, that's awesome. And, and that's, the, that's another interesting thing to hear, too. You know, what it was even 10, 11, 12, 15 years ago versus, you know, what we're seeing on some of these lakes today. So that's cool. Uh, Jesse, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Well, I was more of a flathead cat fisherman for the most part of my life. And uh, my one buddy, he was a big time musky fisherman, but he also fished for other things. But I would go out with him. And before I even knew Joel, I really fished mainly just in Joel's backyard for the most part. And I fished with my buddy countless times. Even say Pima Tuning, I fished there I mean, this was probably like in the early to mid 2005 ish time for a few years. I never even got a bite on Pima tuning or anywhere for that matter. Arthur rivers didn't matter. I just, we weren't catching fish. I mean, like Doug said, the fishing just wasn't that good or maybe we just weren't that good, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> well, one day I was uh, on the Allegheny casting a Wiley King jr of all things. And I got a follow 
and I couldn't believe my eyes. I didn't know what to do when it followed it. You know, I kind of just like stopped the lure and let it like eat it. And it just swam away. And I was like mesmerized by seeing this thing, you know? So he, my buddy could only fish a half a day. Uh, so I went home. I called my buddy, Mark Smith. And I was like, dude, you want to go musky fishing? And I knew he had some musky lures hanging in his basement, which were at the time, believe it or not, uh, Leo Shayla sheds is all he had just hanging in the basement that he never even opened out of the package yet. He just bought them because they were big, fancy looking musky lures. And um, we went to the Mon River, which is minutes from my house and uh, literally caught a musky trolling on one of my catfish rods in first five minutes after all that time of being with the musky guy, <laughs> I didn't catch anything. So I went out by myself in five minutes. I caught one literally was like basically hooked at that point. So it was like all in to try to catch another one and no exaggeration. Me, my buddy, Dave Rankin and uh, Mark Smith were cast in this one spot, not far from where I caught that fish. And it could have just been luck. We were casting at this one creek mouth, and in the course of maybe like my first two weeks of musky fishing, we probably seen at least at least twenty five to thirty fish, and caught. I mean, I don't even know fish up to 44, 45 inches casting crankbaits. Like of all, I mean, it's all we had, and it was just. It, from then, it was just. I mean, catfishing went bye bye, and it was it was like. Uh, it was just all musky all the time since that day, to be honest. I really, I gave up catfishing almost on the diamond. I mean, I did that for, I can't even tell you many years, my whole life. But I gave it up right away and just invested all of my money and my wife's money and uh, everything <laughs> in the musky fishing. <laughs> yeah, lots of money. Yeah. That's so good. That's but cool. it was all worth it because, I mean, Look where we're at now. I would have never thought then that we would be catching hundreds of muskies a year. And I mean, there we are. PA, true story. NPA to, to be, you know, not even counting fish from our state. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's a cool story. Joel, I've I've asked you this question before, but I'm gonna ask you again. Just just to keep keep in line here. So what uh, when did you start musky fishing? Uh, when I got first got serious in it, it was like 07, uh, you know, pretty much grew up within, uh, earshot of the Allegheny river most of my life. So, uh, that's where I cut my teeth on it for a number of years when I started, uh, still fish at some, but not like what I used to, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my tale. Yeah, I mean, you guys, and that's a, that's the great thing about this. I mean, you guys have so much experience, you know, and it's like, it, it's interesting to me to hear that reoccurring theme, like how guys get into this sport and it just like takes over everything. <laughs> like it just, that's no it, lie. It is your finances. It is your, it's everything you read and, and just everything you do on a daily basis. You're always constantly thinking about musky fishing in some fashion. Um, but that's, that's really cool stuff. So you guys, you started fishing, what kind of got you thinking about starting, you know, a guide service or Doug, like, why did you want to get into guiding? Well, uh, 
I did bring up my buddy Adam who got me into it originally and uh he got out really quick afterwards. Uh just other things going on. So I was I don't want to say by myself, but I was kind of by myself and I now I would just take people out all the time, like buddies of mine, family members, people who never caught a muskie. And honestly, and I'm sure just with your recent experience with muskie fishing, that first time that somebody gets one of those muskie, the big prehistoric fish in their hand, their mind's blown. And the expression that they would show when they would catch a fish, I mean, the excitement. And like I said, Paul ended up moving away to Florida, me and Joel, we can't started fishing together a lot. So I did have a partner, but it was constant, constant. And I talked to people about it. People questioned me about it. Why don't you do it? Wasn't sure. Other people would say, you know, there's some negatives or some positives and the positives way out way the negatives. I mean, like I said, just seeing people's expressions, young kids, full grown men. I mean, hooting and hollering when they catch their first muskie. I mean, it's just, it is. It's it's something to be seen, and and I, I really enjoy it. And I mean, that's mainly probably why I did it. Just honestly, the enjoyment for others. It, it uh, that's that really is what drives me to do it. To be honest. Yeah, man. I've seen some of those posts with some of the young kids, and a lot of smiles on your. Uh, it just, and that's the thing. Like, I don't have, I don't have anywhere near the experience you guys have, but. I think twice now I was with somebody that caught their first muskie and like, it's just such a cool thing. Like, I wonder what I look like. I mean, I have the audio from my first fish that was netted, but I couldn't get my camera on. I know what I, I went through because just a couple of years of fishing and not being able to seal the deal and moving fish and losing fish. And, you know, I can remember that first one, like that was, still like the the epitome that's probably my favorite fishing moment still you know for myself but it's so cool to see what other how other people react to that and it that, that smile and and the the celebration when it hits the net it's just you're right man it is so cool and i can see that through all of your posts you know on instagram all these young kids and you know guys that, are, that were out so that's cool stuff so how yeah, did, expression never changes either like hmm. no matter how many i catch you know, the expression's always the same. It's always just, you know, you work so hard just to hear that rod go off. You're not just driving around, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than just driving around. So like whenever you get paid or, you know, the expression's always the same. There's always smiles. Yeah. Whether it's me, Doug, Joel, doesn't matter. Whoever it is, somebody I don't even know. The expression's always the same. Yeah. So how did you guys get, so Jesse, are you, are you guys, you're guiding with Doug now periodically? Yep. Okay. This will be my first year. All right, cool. And Joel, are you doing any guiding at this point? No, okay. I just, I'm like the bodyguard CEO banging bottoms outdoors and uh, security. Right. I run that, I run that stuff. He's the bodyguard. First mate. Yeah. Captain even sometimes. <laughs> That's right. But it's a jack of all you know, trades. I jump in the boat. I jump in the boat with Doug. Uh, do some trips with him. You know, help run rods and stuff. But that's really about it. Okay. I mean, that's still. I mean, you're still doing it. You know. Oh, he's a big. Yeah. He's a big part yeah. of it. Oh, he's a huge part of it. 
Yeah. He's the brain of the operation. All my buddies are a big part of it. Everybody. I mean, my buddy Adam Robbins, who, of course, is not here. He's with me a ton. Uh, Dave Rankin's going to be with Jesse a ton. I mean, we got a good, good group of guys, man. It, and we all help each other. And we help a lot of other people. I'm sure you know that. But yeah, yep. do what we can do. And We're like family now. Yes. We might sure. not have known each other our whole lives, but it all come together for a reason. That's you know, awesome. We're like a serious tight knit family here. Yes. I mean, that's Didn't ask for more. No, nah, that's that's awesome, man. That's <laughs> a, that's such a cool thing. And I mean, you guys get to do, you know. I mean, this is I know these. This isn't a full time job at this point, right? You guys are just no, no, no. part. Yeah. So I mean, but that's that also kind of makes us even more special because you're doing the guide thing when you can. You guys are doing it together, and you're doing what you what you love to do, right? I mean, you're out yeah. there fishing. I mean, what kid wouldn't want to be a that would be what kid growing up fishing wouldn't want that to be their job like, yeah you get to fish for your as your job i mean that's yeah, the honestly, ultimate that's goal in everyone's bad. life i yeah, mean that's, that's the ultimate that's my ultimate goal i want that to be my job doug what were you saying there oh i'll just say i think that's honestly a great thing right now in my life is that it is if you want to call it part-time or mm -hmm. however you want to play it, but it, it's not my full-time job. So it's easy for me to say, you know what, there's bad weather. Let's get you a different date. You know, let's, uh, the fishing's horrible. Let, let's not go out today. You know, I don't want to just go out and, and everybody, it's not a lie. Everyone knows it. And it's, a, it, to me, it's one of the biggest things that I can ever think of or imagine that, almost unreal but we were 100 guiding this year and to me that's that's unbelievable and granted yeah there may be some luck involved sometimes i don't know but i i you know i can push trips right you know things like that and with jesse now that's going to be a huge help because if the weather is bad and i need to push a trip and i'm double booked and you know i, I could give jesse an extra trip and, and make things right you know try to make you know, I, I can't guarantee a fish, but I can make the best of the day, you know, try to pick the best day. You know, if winds are crazy mm -hmm. or rain's crazy or cool fronts, I could say, you know what, it's not a great day to go out. But if it's your only day, I'll still take you out. But I think we'll be better off pushing a trip. And that's the benefit of being part time, if you want to call it. It's, it's not my living, so I don't have to do the trip as long as we can make something work. I'm definitely willing to push a trip, you know. We did it a couple of times last year, and it paid off. So, yeah, that okay. So, I mean that that does make a lot of sense. So, question: the next question I have, and this one, I don't know if if this is interesting or not. I was I was just kind of curious. Uh, so, how did you guys come up with the name for uh, for your guide service, Banging Bottom? Oh, that's a pretty easy one. <laughs> I can give you this, and it does have a double standard, double meaning. People love the name, and when we were talking about it as a group, me, Jesse, Joel, my buddy Adam, a couple guys, even other people I knew. I'm like, man, I need help with a name. I don't want to use my name for a guide service. It's just don't sound right. So probably I'm going to say two weeks, three weeks, thinking of names. Can't think of anything. We're trolling around, and just by chance, Joel's happened to be driving my boat. And I'm on the phone, I believe, with my buddy Adam. And uh, 
running my baits probably not five to six foot down range at the time. And uh, all of a sudden I'm on the phone and I look over at the screen and we're in four foot of water. And I look and all my rods are banging off, banging. I'm like, I'm talking to my buddy Adam. I'm like, well, there goes Joel banging bottom. And literally as soon as I said that, me and Joel looked at each other and like, dude, that's it. Bang and bottom. And that's really how it came up. I mean, Joel took us into four feet of water with lures running down six feet. So it doesn't always work out. But it happens. It definitely happens. I mean, I can remember where we were at and everything. I mean, it was. Yep. And that's where kind of the name came from, pretty much. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. I like that a lot. That's a cool story, too. <laughs> Oh, wow. So, all right. So my next question, is this a fair assessment to say that you guys are guiding for muskies only at this point, correct? Correct. Okay. So there's no walleye, there's no per. This is a full-on muskie operation. Yes. So what, just to get an idea of like what days you guys are running charters, like at this point, you know, can you give me like anything in the way of like what your maybe average time frame for trips are like do you do like maybe may through november do you do like a few months out of the year when when are you guys guiding mostly i would say mainly right now may may through september i would say full full blown guiding may through september uh definitely some october in there we i know as far as me and jesse we do do a lot of hunting so we still we do kind of slow down a little bit in that October November range, but definitely still will do trips if needed. 100%. Fishing gets a little tougher, but sometimes better. I mean, it's it's always hard to say depending on the weather, but I would say mainly May through all May through all September and Friday through Sundays, mostly three days a week. Uh, we can, de I can definitely make some changes for some Mondays and different things like that if needed. But, uh, right now that's probably our main schedule <laughs> is May through September. That's cool. I was just curious. Cause I know, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about days and things like that. And I, was, I just want to make sure we, we touched on that a little bit. Um, all right. So here's an, here's another, this is another question. And I feel like the majority of guys that are, you know, taking guide services for muskie would probably know and understand this, but I also feel like there's a lot of people out there that might want to get into, you know, musky fishing or maybe just try to catch a musky that would contact you guys um, to, to go out. But, you know, I, I hear this a lot from different people. So say I, you know, I booked a, a guide trip with you. Is there anything that I would have to, you know, I'd have to bring with me to go out on a boat with you or how do you guys operate, you know, with a new customer? Is there anything else I would have to bring? Like, do I bring my fishing stuff? Do I bring cooler or anything like that? Uh, if he was a, uh, a non-fisherman, like I know you, you have some baits that maybe you'd want to run mm -hmm. and, and I would be, that would be fine, you know, and, but normally if a guy's coming, never fished before, I tell them, bring a sandwich. I always have tons of snacks on the boat because I have kids too. And I mean, I have a whole snack bar, we call it on the, in the side. So there's tons of snacks. I tell them, bring a sandwich, bring some drinks. You know, other than that, you need nothing. I have all the rods, all the lures. Uh, 
I don't, I usually don't let, I've had some people ask me if they could take the fish out of the net. And that's one thing I don't let people do. I mean, an experienced fisherman, maybe that's a musky guy that's coming to maybe learn some stuff. I may consider it, but uh, to get your hand in that net with those big hooks and being not being experienced, that's something I try not to do. I usually, you know, if I know the people when they want to try running a rod, I'm, I'm willing to let them do that, you know, whatever, or, you know, help, help set a line. I'll tell them how much line to let out, things like that. Just keep them interested. But uh, for the most part, nothing, a sandwich and some drinks. I don't know if Jesse Fish. or Joel have anything to add, but. Fishing license. <laughs> yeah, that's a good fishing one, Joel. Your fishing license always yeah. required. PA or Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either one will do. That's uh yeah, I forgot about the fishing license. Yeah, that's a good one, Joe. He's always good for some. That's why we keep him on. Right. <laughs> and it, that might seem like like a silly question, but I think I honestly do hear it a lot. Like guys will tell me like, "Hey, I took the, you know, a person out and they brought like all their stuff with them." You know, it's like I don't know. I I just smelled hooks and bobbers. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's nothing uh I would say and I'm sure Joe and Jesse could both agree with me, but there's nothing worse than uh, probably than guiding someone that thinks that they know more than you do, you know, or, or telling you, hey, we need to be running this bait. I brought these lures to run. I mean, I'm not saying that every day, every time we're out that we're the best people on the water, but, you know, we try a lot of things. We kind of know what's working at the time of year. Mm -hmm you know, where things are working, what depths of water. So it's, it's, and it does, honestly, it hasn't happened to me at all really yet. I mean, I even took another guide before great guy, uh, Aaron from, uh, churning waters. Great guy. I mean, worked together with him. Great. We talked, I mean, it was an unbelievable trip. We had an awesome time, but uh, sure. Like I said, you could bring a bait. If you're a guy that fishes, you bring a bait. I'll give you, a, I'll give you your own rod. You can run that bait the whole time you're there. You know, me and, me and Aaron did that. And, uh, Actually, we got a fish on one of his baits that he wanted to run. So, yeah, that's no issue whatsoever. But uh, he had to bring bring tackle boxes full of lures. For especially someone calling for a first trip, probably not something you're going to need. But uh, but like I said, someone like yourself or someone who's into it and want to bring a couple of baits to try, sure. That's that's cool. I don't. Uh... I think I will, I'll let your, if I come out with you, I'll, I'll let your Leos get all chewed up. Mine can stay pristine in the box. <laughs> no, we got plenty of them. <laughs> Been known to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another question for you guys, and hopefully this is, a. am assuming I'm okay to ask this, but um, so as, as far as where you guys are doing the majority of your charters, where are we chartering? Where are you guys out there doing it every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in that time? Go ahead, Jesse. I'm tuning. I'm tuning. Up at the tune. Up at the tune. So we could probably accommodate a couple other little places here that are maybe Arthur or something. You know, if somebody really wants to catch one out of Arthur, you could probably do that. You know, maybe rivers a little bit here or there. Mainly Pima tuning. I mean, that's the spot. That's what we're aiming for. Just like other people, you know, they stick to their home lake and that's their thing. That's our home lake and that's our thing. So, you know, don't broke, don't fix what, it, what isn't broke. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. I, uh, 
I can tell you, I, I uh, didn't fish as much as I wanted to last year, but there were maybe one or two or three days I was out there. I, I saw you guys out there doing some fishing and I was thinking to myself, man, we're in the right area. We're going to have, a, <laughs> we're going to have a good day. And then I left there all dejected. <laughs> hour. <laughs> just, it is cold though. I, I will say like, just from my perspective, like the more guys I talk to, and I know, you know, I meet and I talk to you and I, I see them out in the water. It's kind of, it's kind of cool seeing it, you know, seeing you guys out there doing it. And, and uh, I, I do, I'm like, there is this constant battle in my brain where I'm like, okay, I can see Doug's over there. I think I'll stay over here because he's probably on a charter, but I kind of want to go over there because I know he's probably catching fish. <laughs> it's just, it's pretty cool though. I mean, that's, um. all right. So Pima tuning. So that is that is a good i would imagine a, a great lake to to guide on really you know there there seems like there's decent numbers there you know there seems like there's some good size and it seems like it's just getting you know better and better so that's cool what so on your guide trips what do you guys do primarily do you spend more time trolling or do you do some casting what what's the mix or is there a mix? Go ahead, Joe. No mix. 100% trolling. 100% trolling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we don't love the cast, but. Right. It's kind of like a, for me, casting would be more like a personal thing. You know, if me and my buddy want to go out and try some casting, which I do love catching them casting. I've done a ton of casting in my day, but. Uh, I just, if I'm going to cast, I would prefer to just do it on my own on like a day I'm not taking somebody out. I would prefer trolling just because, I don't know, I just, it's easier to take somebody that doesn't know what they're doing trolling and catch a muskies than it is. Yeah, exactly. And, and you still learn, you still learn a ton, you know. Not everybody has a, a, a trolling boat. And all that stuff too, you know, but like later down in the line, if they ended up getting into it and they ended up finding themselves a trolling boat and this and that, you know, they'll remember what they did when they were with us and, you know, they're already off to a good start. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I keep, I keep saying the older I get, everybody keeps reminding me I'm not that old, but the older I get, the more I want to troll. You know, right, like that's another thing. <laughs> You know, I do some pretty physical work, so casting beats me up a lot more than it used to. I can still do it. You know, I can hang. <laughs> trolling can beat you up mentally, though. Yeah, trolling <laughs> will mentally yes. beat you down. <laughs> casting physically, trolling mentally yes. will beat you down. And I, I, I kind of look at it like this, too, you know, with that lake in particular, uh, not that you can't get fish cast in there. You certainly can. Uh, but when you're taking somebody out that doesn't necessarily have very much fishing experience, it's kind of tough to, you know, mm -hmm. put them on fish. Like here, cast uh, this nine and a half foot rod with a you know, yeah. 15 ounce bait on the end of it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I just feel like there's, if somebody wanted to, you know, go on a casting trip, that there's probably better places to do it. Yeah. Uh, that you'd have better success, you know, uh, maybe gain a little more confidence, maybe even some of the smaller lakes and stuff. But I mean, plenty of guys out there cast and palm and tuming. It's just, 
you know. It's my preference. Certain times, yeah. certain places, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I uh, I probably have way more trolling baits at this point. Not that he couldn't cast some of these, because I, I have casted, you know, something like that. I would, I would uh, that. I'm sure he pulls that one out of all baits. <laughs> that, of all baits to grab. Keller, it is. all baits and Kellers, he pulls that one out. <laughs> well, is this a bad color? Is this oh, not a good color? That's my number one color of all time. Right oh, I uh, right okay. well, that's let me hold on. One. I gotta make a note here. <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you, look, here he goes. probably. If all my baits weren't up there, I'd show you. About what do you guys say? Baits. Three or four years running, that's been the number one bait in Keller, probably. Oh yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. And it's not even really just Leos, you know what I mean? Like this. No, we color, run a lot of baits. The same Keller, in my opinion, is great in a lot of baits. Wileys, Boss sheds, uh, hammers. Uh, the, the, just that Keller, just I think Joel talked about it the one time on the Wiley, <laughs> like the fire tiger thing. Mm. Anything green is just always one of my favorites. Doesn't matter what bore I'm using. I just usually would reach for green. It's just a go-to. Doesn't matter. It works in clear water. It works in dirty water, brown water, orange water, raging muddy water, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was definitely my next question. I, I was going to ask you guys what your top producing lures were, but that's always one of those like sensitive questions too, because like I don't want to be the guy that's like, "Hey, tell me what you're catching all your fish on," like all the time. <laughs> but like you know, I think um, I think you guys had mentioned you know one of your top producers was the the Leo and, and the Mojo and whatever else you guys are running. I mean, I guess when you're out there, you guys are on the water. You know, you can you have time to experiment. You've got time to to you know fish these lures like i so sometimes i just leave stuff at home because i know it's never going to be pulled out of my box but you know so like what what would be what would i mean is that fair is that a fair question what was your top producer yeah okay i think it's what was your top producer mojo yeah the mojos are definitely our top producer and honestly the keller you showed is which is flow perch <laughs> is definitely has been our number one but like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to leave people out. Like uh, Paul Fex hammer lures, we catch a good amount of fish on them. We catch a good amount of fish on Paul Fisterio's boss sheds. Uh, we catch a good amount of fish on Wiley baits. I mean, especially his five and a half killer, and uh, even his six inch musky king this year was good for us. And uh, but definitely, I mean, over the last, honestly, since uh, Leo started making the mojo, pretty much has been. Uh, he gave me actually. I was on a trip to St. Clair, and he gave me a. Uh, he he gave me one before they were even out, you know. And he's like, "Just give it a try, see what you think." And I, I actually didn't do that good on it. I ran it up at St. Clair, and I caught one or two fish. And but uh, I was definitely still more into some of my other baits, so I left it lay aside a little bit. And uh, the following <laughs> year, I got a few different ones, different colors, and man. They start out producing everything. I mean, I hate to say it like that because me and Leo are friends. And before he made the, and he'd be the first one to tell you, before he made the mojo, I didn't, I mean, Shayla Shad's work, I just didn't run them a ton. I, they, they weren't my bait. You know, I ran a lot of hammer lures and 
I tell you what, I caught a lot of fish on hammer lures. I caught a lot of fish on boss shads. Those were my two baits back in the day when I first got into it. I mean, first time I ever went out, like I told you, Chautauqua, I mean, all my fish were on hammer lures. I had a bag. I had literally had a brown paper bag with seven baits in it. Five uh, Shayla shads and two hammer lures. And every fish was coming off hammer lures. And my buddy, who was friends with uh, Paul, didn't even own a uh, ha uh hammer lure yet because he had so many other baits and i was kicking his butt on <laughs> using uh hammer lures finally he had to break down and buy some so i won't talk bad on any of the baits because they all work and they all have their time and uh it's all confidence but definitely the mojo i mean it's it's been insane i mean and all these guys i'm sure can say the same thing i mean there's few days during the year that something out produces it but for the most part run them man i mean they catch fish yeah they like i said it's all confidence in your bait when i very first started using hammer lures my first order of hammer lures were actually before they were even available to the public and they looked so good to me at that time i hadn't really there wasn't a lot of different like uh, you know lures out there to like handmade lures to choose from so like when i seen those and his paint skills i was like oh my god i was mesmerized by him so i just stuck with them i went literally like i i probably went mm, man i bet over over a season and a half of just like religiously running hammers before they just started working it was almost like a light switch turned on i stuck with them you, you just got to be confident in your baits that you got out there and they're going to work and like ever since say the first couple of fish i caught on hammers i mean overall in my life i would say that they've they're probably just because i've used them for so long i would say that they're still up there as one of my top producers of my lifetime period just they produce they're one of them baits that work in every lake I don't care if I'm in Lake St. Clair, Lake Chautauqua, specific, Chautauqua for sure. Um, Pima Tuning, Arthur, the rivers, it, it doesn't matter. They work everywhere. Leo's, same difference. I catch fish in every body of water on Leo's. There's just them few baits, you know, that they produce everywhere. I have baits that only produce some places, you know, say like people would probably disagree, but like say a Ziggy, I mean, when I'm in St. Clair, they don't come off because, mm -hmm. you know, they work there, but I've, I try them everywhere. And, you know, the numbers you catch there compared to the numbers you catch everywhere else are way lopsided. <laughs> so, but there are lures that do work. Boss sheds and hammers, Wileys, mojos, they all work everywhere. I don't care if you're on the St. Lawrence. Lord. There you go. That's what I was going to ask. I don't care if you're on a St. Lawrence River and everybody's running uh, hose baits. Don't matter. You know, you could probably put a mojo out there and catch one. So, Joel, do you have any Do you have any hammers? I know I saw dogs. Do you have any hammers in front of you? <laughs> Me? I probably have yeah. 75 to 100 of them for a reason. Well, here's a square um, lip. It has some fade to it. And here's that albino set. fire tank. Yeah. My, my baits, yeah. These, are, these are going out for repaint. This is a scatter. It has a round lip, if you can see. Now, if someone gets their hands on this bait and don't know what they're doing, they'll never get this bait to run. And it's a big problem for people out there. That, and it's not, it's not a hard thing to do, but people just don't know how to tune baits. 
And this bait really, really walks. I mean, you're talking, I don't know, maybe a close to two foot walk, you think, Joel? Foot, a foot and a half, uh, anyway? If you get them tuned yeah. in good, for sure. I mean, it, it, they yeah. really, really move back and forth. And this one here, it's the same thing. It walks, but it's a little more consistent. It'll dig a little harder, but they work. I'm telling you, they work, but... Uh, I still got to go back to the mojo. I mean, oh. there's a muscalunge killer right there. Probably many people haven't seen that lure too much, but in a I mojo because it's newer for him, but it's an old muscalunge killer. I have never does. seen that pattern. <laughs> never ran it yet. It's new, so it's gonna work. We're hoping for the best. <laughs> I I had this thing last year where um I, I was told that I needed a black perch. Yes. <laughs> so I, I talked to Todd and got a black perch, took it out like that weekend and was like, I'm never taking this off ever. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of wild. Like there was just like some days where, I mean, this bait just got hit like oh, yeah. out of the spread, just like random. Like we, I mean, we tried every color bait I had. And like, that was the one there's just like one or two days like that, where it was just like, that was the bait. Yes, so I got another one. I got a second one, you know, just in case. <laughs> and I, I, I did get the, uh, I had to get the black perch in the, in the big one too. I don't Magnum. know. I'm, the Magnums, man. I, I don't know. I got a real problem when it comes to Leo's, but I am, I am it's a problem to have. Yes, it is. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, and if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have talked to you guys at the show, I wouldn't have. I mean, I, I don't, even, I can't even tell you how many how many mojos I bought last year <laughs> and this year. I mean, I, you know, I placed another order and then a second order. You know, I just feel like, but I am, I am interested though. I'm curious about, you know, about Paul's baits. You know, where does he still sell the hammers at all? Yeah, they're. It's tough to get sometimes. Uh, Joel can answer that. Let Joel answer that for you. Um. Yeah, Paul uh, is still producing a few lures here and there. Um, basically, since he's moved to Florida, his guide service has really kind of taken off for him, and uh, the lure making has slid to the back, you know, for him. Mm -hmm. um, Understandably. So, Take a living. you know, I – uh, one thing people might not know, I actually pour a lot of the blanks, uh, uh -huh. everything except the uh, the little hammers, which I used to pour too, but uh, I haven't poured any lures in about a year, so he's probably running down on stock. Um, like I said, it's just, you know, with his situation, like I said, his guide service has taken the forefront, so... He's not putting out many lures, no. Here okay, and there. I was, I was just curious. I know I've seen a couple at the last lure swap we had, and I probably should have went all in on those, but I made a note <laughs> just in case they pop up. Between us, we well, probably tell you have what. plenty that you can get your hands on. Something. We could probably help you out. Joel could probably help you out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got probably a hundred plus, but uh, you know, I see them. I see a lot now uh, pop up on like musky flea market stuff on Facebook, um, and basically they're brand new lures. People have never ran them, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, 
he he did put out a fair amount over the years, so they are out there. Um, you know, if you're looking to pick a few up, that's pretty pretty good way to do it, I would say. Yeah. I just seen probably a dozen last week here and there pop up, so oh, okay. they're around. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got. I think in general, I just have an issue with like buying baits. So do I. I mean, that's part of it, right? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It just I wish that I wish that wasn't part of it, but that is, it's almost just like an addiction in itself. Just buying lures, whether you, you know, I buy lures with probably. I mean, I might not even use it all year, but it looks cool when I buy it. So <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just an addiction, you know, as far as baits, especially whenever I, you know, my favorite bait makers. It's like. I usually pretty much buy up every stock color they have. So then it's all I do is think of patterns to ask them to paint me. And I, and I just ask for custom, this custom, that custom, this one of this, one of that, one of this, one of that. And hopefully I find that diamond in the rough, you know, that produces better than any of his stock colors. Yeah. And that's the problem with having a, and like I said, we have a bunch of friends that we're close to that make baits paul both paul's from paul from uh hammer lures paul from boss Ed, todd with leo lures they will paint us anything and sometimes that can be a problem right because you think of something <laughs> they're readily buddy, available or jesse dangerous. thinks of a color and i'm like man that looks good if jesse got it i gotta have it too or vice versa or joel you know and it's just like it just becomes like just buy 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 you know and I almost wish they were harder to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause see, Leo lives. Oh, I work with Leo for one, but he lives less than 15 minutes for, from me. So, and he's a little bit different of a lore maker than most guys. Like I can literally go to his house after work and open up his closet doors and pick out whatever bait I want. They're, they're just hanging there ready to go. And that, that makes it bad for me. Cause I can get on there and just start grabbing them off the shelf. It's not like I got to, order them and wait four weeks for them or it's just i just go get them you know and it's and then he sends me a picture of what's in on hand and i'm like oh yeah yeah grab me this yeah, this, yeah this. grab me this that <laughs> then this that the other one so do you, just out of curiosity i mean is this something is this like a is this like a like a like a phase or do you just like eventually grow out of as far as just buying baits or is this just it is it like no, no, it's gonna go on forever. i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> I mean, I, 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 have, I feel like I have a ton of bait, but both of these guys got a lot more baits than me. I mean, you know, I'm guessing I have probably somewhere in that 300 range of trolling baits, and I'm sure Joel probably has double that, you know, so. It, you stop. I can, the only thing I can say is you probably slow down a little bit just because you get to a point where you realize, well, I can only run so many baits, you know. I mean – Honestly, probably a quarter of my trolling baits never even make it out of the shop for, for the season, you know. Um, and that can vary year to year on, you know, one set of lures to the other. But, uh, you know, if I'm jumping in somebody else's boat or going out in my boat, I'm only going to take 50 lures with me for a day. So, you know, it's not like I can load up the whole shop and mm -hmm. have it with me, you know. Uh, I think you do slow down a little bit, but uh, it's tough. You see something you want, 
and you're going to get it. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, my, my best advice to you, Ryan, would be uh, if you're wanting to try a new bait, it's something that I've been trying to do lately, and it's tough, but pick pick three colors that you know work, not three colors that you're taking a chance on. Take three colors that you know work. Just uh, We'll just say, for instance, yeah, black perch, yeah. uh, some kind of fire tiger type thing, and some kind of natural shad or or like a bluegill or a pumpkin seed, you know, something like that, that you know the colors at work and run them. If you don't catch fish on them, it may just be that, like like Jesse said earlier, like how he feels about the Ziggy. It may just be that that bait, that bait probably works. I'm not going to say it don't work no matter what bait it is, but it may not work great in a lake that you're fishing. So instead of buying a dozen of them, buy three. If you're not catching fish on them, those are the colors that are working on all your other baits. Don't buy any more. You know, I wouldn't waste, I, I wouldn't waste my time buying more. I would, I would, I would buy three baits if I was trying a new bait and go from there. So I've tried so many baits over the years, like, you know, musky shows here and there and, you know, Oh, look at this thing. And then I buy it. I'm going to try this. It gets like, 10 minutes of runtime, and then I'm like, yeah, take that off, put that other thing back on. And the next thing you know, it's on the flea market, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're just confident when you're confident in certain baits, then you just basically stick with them. And that's just me personally. I could probably go out and fish all year with one 3700 series box four baits and that, and literally do just as good as I do when I got 500 baits on my boat at one time. Yeah, 80% of the time, I would say, maybe more than that, I would say that's true. Right. A lot of times. If I took all the baits out of my boat that I have never caught a fish on, I would probably literally have like maybe, <laughs> you know, a handful of Plano boxes full of baits <laughs> and not like giant cases and boxes. And I mean, literally, when me and Dave are on my boat together, there's. I mean, I, I would have to think somewhere in the neighborhood of like 500 to 800 baits on my boat at a time. Like it's insane. It's, it's, it's over, it's overwhelming at times. Cause you really, you look at them all and you're like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Let's just go back to that flow perch. Put that back <laughs> <there>. <laughs> you know, rip. let's put three of them on. <laughs> right. Exactly. See, I, I wish I had these conversations with, with guys like you, like, five, six years ago <laughs> when, I was, when I was first getting into this, I'm buying up everything and everything. And it's like, I was trying to explain last, like last time I was on a call like this, like I just ended up with a bunch of baits. I had no idea how to use. I'm just like, that looks cool. But what do, what do I do with it? <laughs> no so idea. many that look cool. Yeah, and they know, all some amazing, amazing bait makers out there, you know, that just for me, their baits just don't work for me. And it's all because of confidence. You know, I can't, I have a hard time building confidence with a newer bait that I've never caught a fish on, you know, like how long can I let this thing out there that's unproven when I got a whole case full of baits that are proven, you know, so that's just me. That's just me though. I mean, other people, you know, if I put a bait out there and it gets bit right away, then yeah, it's going to get a lot more soap time. But for the most part, I stick to my guns. They usually don't let me down. <laughs> That's good stuff. I think, uh, so 
I mean, that, that was really interesting because I, I feel like this keeps coming back to confidence, like whatever you're, you're confident in to run. Undoubtedly, there's got to be some differences though in baits. Like, you know, and I'll use myself, this is a terrible example, but like if I'm going to try to make my own crankbait and compare that to a Leo, like there's obviously no comparison, right? Like there's got to be some baits have to be just better than others. But at the same time, I feel like given the certain circumstance, like they all could work. I don't know. Oh, it's such yeah. a crazy Absolutely. thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they can all work. You could yeah, I think make a bait and, you know, turn into the greatest bait in the world for you. You never know. Yeah, I think there's times that's, you know, a subtle action bait is, and a consistent running bait is is money. But I also think, and, and we've seen it this year, I mean, in late spring, early summer, where they wanted that bait that pounded a little bit more, that you know, that had a little bit more stronger action, a little more walk to it. I mean, they wanted it, you know. There was definitely a time in the year, you know, I know me and Jesse talked and Joel was with me, so it wasn't like, we all know, we all talk to each other, but man, there was times this year they wanted the hammer. I mean, they wanted this boss shad. They wanted that hard pounding, shaking, and we gave it to them. As soon as we found out, we gave it to them. You know, we call each other up, text, listen, this is, they want this aggressive bait. And so you give it, you give them that aggressive bait. But like I said, consistent and I mean, having confidence in something, like Jesse said, when you got confidence in this, you put it out. You know? and, and it's going to be out there. You know, and us guys, like I said, we have a little advantage. Sometimes we run six rods, we run eight rods, you know. So we can put four or five, say, mojos out, and we can run a one or two boss sheds or a couple Wileys, a couple hammers, whatever we want to do, and and find out. Find out if that's the day that they want a Wiley, if that's the day they want a hammer, you know? So, and, and we do that. And, and that's one of the great things with Joel on the boat, uh, Jesse on the boat. Sometimes I may get caught up with running too many mojos, you know, and, and out of nowhere, Joel or Jesse might throw on a, a, a Wiley or a, a hammer and all of a sudden, bam, that lure is going off. Well, guess what? My side is going to start switching and adding some hammers to it. But like I said, consistent overall. I mean, uh, I know it's at least three years in a row, maybe four. I, I, I think it's three years in a row with over 100 fish, over 100 PA fish in my boat off of a Leo Mojo. So uh, six, seven years ago, I would have laughed in someone's face if they told me I could have caught 50 muskie in PA. And then now to this year, between my boat and Jesse's boat, over 300 muskie. I mean, something I never thought could happen, I'll be honest. And I got to give tons of credit to Joel and, and Muskie's Inc. I mean, the stocking program, there's definitely a reason. Granted, yes, we figured a lot of things out with these lakes, put a ton of time in. But also, like I said, giving credit to them, there's a lot more fish around. And there's a reason for that. So... I mean, that's why I feel like people should join Muskie's Inc. I mean, if you're a muskie fisherman, there's no reason why you're not a member of Muskie's Inc. I mean, they're doing incredible things. Incredible. I mean, my, when I started, I never went anywhere pretty much but Chautauqua because mm. 
wasting hours and hours. You know, if it was after work, that's when I would go. You know, Lake Arthur's 15, 20 minutes from my house. You know, if it was after work, I might run there. I might run an hour up to Pima Tuning. But if it was the weekend, I was going to Chautauqua. No questions. Now, I fished Chautauqua one time last year with uh, Jesse. And, I mean, I, I just don't go. I mean, now I can't. It's tougher now <laughs> being a guide. But, yeah, I mean, PA is definitely turning around. Yeah, I mean, that. That uh, I have this question in here. I, I think I want to touch on it now, though, since you brought it up. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a huge difference between like the fact that I started maybe within the last couple of years versus 10, 15 years ago, because, you know, I, I hear this all the time. Like Dale Wiley says, like, this is the good old days of musky fishing now. You know, like, Joel, you talked about that before, how things were, were different, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago or longer. You know, it's like with all the work that the hatcheries are doing, you know, we, we talked Jared Sayers and that program with the musky stocking and just all the, the, I guess, adjustments they made, um, you know, going to, instead of the fall fingerlings, the yearlings, um, or however that was, you know, described like more fish, maybe different approaches with some of this stuff. Like it's really making a huge difference, but then you go back and you talk Muskie's Inc. Like how much Muskie's Inc. has made an impact with the minnow fund, you know that. And Joel, you're you know you're at the forefront of that with with Chapter 16. You know, like I don't know. Can you speak to that? You know, like what? I guess how much of an impact this stuff has had, you know, over the last couple of years. You know, I think uh, the management in general has really come around let's say the last five, six years, you know, they've changed things up. Uh, they're doing the, the spring stalking on the muskie, which ends up being um, somewhere between June and mid-July on the muskies. But at that point, they're a little over a year old. Um, and they're ranging anywhere from 12. Some of them are pushing up to 16 inches. I mean, they're twice the size of whenever they were stalking them years ago uh, in September, early October. Uh, you know, the numbers they're putting in are right about three quarters of what they used to. And then now doing a biannual stalking. So instead of stalking everybody of water every year, now they're getting every other year. Uh, but you know, I can't say that that's a bad thing. You know, everybody wants to think the more fish you put in, the better. Um, not necessarily always true. Um, where you're adding that gap in years, uh, you know, I think it adds to the, uh, just the overall fishing, you know, uh, it gives those fish a little bit of a break, you know, uh, that there's not going to be another brood of fish put in next year uh they're gonna have a year to kind of grow do their own thing uh but just the the bigger fish i mean have made the biggest difference you know um you know obviously with buying the minnows and stuff like that if you look i remember seeing a, a diagram not too long ago of the poundage of muskies like each year being stocked and last year was one of the heaviest stockings you know 
poundage of muskie put out, but it was a lot lower number than normal too. You know, they're only putting out 40,000 muskies a year. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think we got, uh, we're going to see good things continue down the road here. Uh, you know, as long as we can help them out. Uh, the minnows seem to be the best thing Jared's always told us. You know, we always say, well, can we pitch in for some hatchery equipment, do this, do that. And he said minnows, you know, that's what they want. So that's what we'll do. But Working, that's for sure. Yeah, and the other survival thing rate has got to be, I guess they're in a, you know, there's no way to tell what the survival rate is, you know, of however many they put in there, but there is no way that it is just, it's astronomical compared to fingerlings. It has to be. Yeah, it's, they did, uh, I mean, they don't have studies on in most of the lakes in general, but the lakes that they worked with, uh, you know, to come up with the spring stocking, uh, there was Tynesta, Canandota, Edinburgh, and stuff like that, and they figured it out to be like four to one survival rate. So fingerlings, fingerlings. I think fingerlings versus fingerlings versus yearlings. The yearlings oh. are four to one oh. Oh, yeah. survival rate. So, right. Uh, if if not more than that, you know, yeah. but. I mean, they're learning they already know how to eat fish when you release it into the wild you know whereas finger yeah. what do they eat like pellet food you know they're used to eating pellet food and then they once they're off pellet food they throw them in a lake and then they're like they don't even they gotta fend for themselves so most of them become food yeah it's uh you know I, I can look back whenever i did uh float stocking stuff uh, on the allegheny river you know i did it for a number probably three or four years and just them changing the uh, the way they were raising the fish made a big difference on like how the fish acted whenever you got them. Uh, because the first couple years, you know, they were so used to being around people, like when they had them at the hatchery, um, you know, they were pretty much constant interaction with people throughout the day. So, you know, you'd, you'd take them, you'd dump them in the water somewhere, try to spread them out, and they just kind of sit there you know, like right on top of the surface, not do anything. And they might do that for most of the afternoon. Uh, then it switched over to where they started putting them outside. Um, and, you know, basically very little human contact with them. And it was amazing to see whenever you would stalk them, then you dump them in the water and they were like bullets, like, you know, gone. And uh, I think that, that definitely made a difference too, but the fish were still a lot smaller uh, to where now there's still a little bit of float stocking going on. Um, you know, they try to keep it at a minimum. Uh, you know, if, if the water temps are all right, or if it's a river section, they'll give guys some fish to spread out a little bit. But uh, for the most part, that was kind of one thing we had to concede to just a little bit. Um, and let them, you know, they just wanted to kind of dump them in an area uh, and go from there. So it's not like they're just going to all hang out at the boat ramp for the rest of their life, you know? <laughs> no, and I mean, they, they started their finding, own, find their own place. They started finding some different areas and then, you know, to put them in. And uh, it has made a difference 
Uh, you know, I'm sure this year is probably going to be another one where we're not going to get to really help any with the float stocking with the COVID and all that, just like trout. I don't see any change to that this year. So, um, you know, it worked out last year. Uh, I guess we got to endure another year of it, but uh, it is what it is. Nothing we can do to change it. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, though. Like, all, all of what you talked about, you know, that's all contributing into what is happening now with the fisheries. You know, it's just a combination of different things. And it's, I think, you know, I keep hammering this thing home, but, like, you know, the voluntary muskie permit just another thing that we can do as, as fishermen to support the fishery and support the hatchery. So, I mean, it's, it's exciting for me because I haven't, you know, I, I, I don't catch a lot of fish as is, but the more fish there are, the more there's a, there's a higher chance I'm going to eventually get one. <laughs> so that goes hey, for all of us. You're yeah. coming in at the right, right. time. I can yeah, tell you that's that it, Just like coming in, right, you know, right. everybody, you know, it's just one of those things. Think but. of how many people are not into musky fishing anymore just because of how bad it was. Say like, uh, you know, like we said 10, even 10, 15 years ago, how bad it was to go out. You know, you might fish like Doug said, he had 150 hours in one lake and only caught three fish. I had probably close to that much in time of tuning, never caught, never had a bite never even had a bite and then when I did have a bite it wasn't on my rod it was on somebody else's rod <laughs> you know I did see one <laughs> get caught there years back on Memorial Day to be exact but that was the only fish for years I seen ever caught out of that lake the only bite I ever seen out of that lake now look what's happening now because of Joel it's all and your fault when, when you came they were down with the clown they were <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh-huh. a bait that had wow. not been working lately but right all killers i mean the clown was the clown was straight fire for a while yes, it was yeah you know the, it was like thing, a clown show out there at time yeah that's for sure mm-hmm. one thing i can say though you know when i when i started jesse you can probably concur to this i mean you talked about a little bit but uh we were lucky to be fishing the rivers back in i mean there was a lot less people oh yeah and uh, and fishing to me, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that's where I started because in, in that aspect, fishing was decent, you know, starting out, you know, uh, you know, and I knew all these guys fishing the lakes and stuff, got to know them and, you know, they weren't doing too well. And, you know, I was catching fish on the river on, on a fairly consistent basis. So, you know, uh, like I said, I'm glad that that's where I started out. Because had I started out on the lakes, I don't know. I may, I may not have, you know, right. stuck with it as much. Right. It was uh, tough. Like when, like I said, when I used to fish with my one buddy and we would go out like over and over again, not catch anything. Even say on the river where, you know, fishing at the time was good. Just not for us at that time. It wasn't good. And I just kept begging him. I'm like, dude, don't you want to catch something? come out with me and catch flatheads. I mean, I'm going out and catching 30, 40 pound flatheads on a regular basis. Like it was nothing. I'm like, don't you want to reel a fish in? You ain't reeled a fish in in years. You know, don't you want to at least catch something? <laughs> you know, but he would just stuck with it, you know, so, and I'm glad I did too, so. You know. that's, I mean, that's awesome. It really I, I, I feel in a way, as far as river flathead fishing went, I feel like I, I basically like feel that I mastered it. You know, like like a lot of other, I've been fishing since I was literally like two years old, 
So like I've, I've gone through phases of like, this is my thing. This is my thing. This is my thing. And once I got like to the point where I was like, you know, eh, this is getting old on I just wanted bigger and better. Muskies to me is one thing that I feel at least as long as you fish PA, you're never going to master it. You know, I could take you out on the river right now and catch you the biggest um, freshwater fish of your life, probably, you know, <laughs> but I got old, too old for the catfishing thing. Too much, too much effort, too much bait fishing. I fished for three days just to catch enough bait to go fishing for one night. You know, that got old. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother. That's now a, I just call I, Leo and he makes me bait. <laughs> so I got a couple more questions for you guys. If we, if we're still good on time, you guys still good? Oh, on? Yeah. oh yeah. Yep. All right. So this is one that I was curious about. Um, this is turning into a staple question for me too, but if this is fair, you know, what, and this doesn't necessarily have to be guiding. It can be, but what would you guys consider your best day on the water as far as musky fishing goes? You know, it doesn't have to be numbers. It can be something maybe memorable. Uh, what would you guys consider your best day, mus best musky day? Who are you going to first? <laughs> whoever wants to, whoever wants to start. Joel looks like he's thinking about it. I'll tell you my most memorable one, and uh, it was last year. Me and my buddy Mark Smith were at Pymy. I had fished for sixteen to twenty straight hours over the course of like Friday and Saturday. I had fished. Conditions weren't good, and. Uh, it was just, it was just one of those weekends where it was just, it was, you couldn't buy a bite, you know, but I, you know, obviously I don't ever give up. I don't quit. So I had gone, I, I feel like it might've been somewhere around like the 17th or 18th straight hour of trolling without a bite. And, uh, I went back into my, one of my better areas and, uh, my boat is named after my gramps, which is like, you know, he's like my idol. So. I literally, this is honest to God's truth. I looked up and was just asked him, like, help me out here, man. I need some help. And I mean to tell you, it was literally less than one minute after I looked up and asked him for some help that my rod went off and it was a flow perch mojo to be exact. And I reeled in probably the biggest muskie I ever caught out of climate tuning in my life. And it was the only bite I had all day. And it was just like, it was just like probably one of my more memorable moments in my life. Heavy fish, it's like my profile that. picture on uh, Facebook, you know, that picture of me holding that one giant, like was just one of those days you were just in a trance trolling for hours without anything. All you hear is the motor. You're at the point where you're fishing buddy and you don't even speak anymore. <laughs> you're just oh, wow, yeah. driving. And then, you know, I just I asked for help and I mean, almost immediately it happened and it was a streamer it was probably one of my favorite fish of my life and i've caught a lot of fish in a lot of places but that one definitely i remember the most that's because awesome. of the way it went down it was it was cool that is a that is a sweet story that is cool stuff I that's a tough that's a tough one to beat though yeah, I mean, that one, that one to this day, I mean, it's going to take a lot for me for something to outdo that. You know, he's helped me a lot. 
over the years. I don't ask for help too often, but usually when I do it, he comes through. That time he really came through. <laughs> you know. All right. Who wants to go next? Who wants to go after that one? Sorry. <laughs> I should have went first. <laughs> uh, I can just think I'll, I'll, I'll go off something recent that happened last year. Uh, it was just, I would say it was just a funny story uh, that we kind of laughed about. Doug, you might know what I'm going to be talking about here. I think I got a good idea. That's not, that wasn't going to be your story, was it? No. Nah. Okay. All right. It was a good Anyhow, one. Anyhow, uh, last year, I think it was in September there. Uh, Doug was running a trip. I was with him. Uh, well, actually, it was uh, Rich Rofflow was with us, Ryan. Okay. And uh, Frank. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the day kind of started out slow. Uh, but in the evening there, we we started getting them pretty good. Oh, yeah. And uh, Frank was telling us a story about, you know, he, he said every time that uh, Queens, fat bottom girls would come on the radio, you know, he'd be down at the river trolling or whatever. He said it seemed like he got a fish. So, you know, I don't, fishing wasn't even slow for us, but uh, Doug dug it up on Bluetooth and put it on the radio as loud as it could be. <laughs> as absolute loud as it could be. It was loud. And a couple minutes into the song, I, I was driving a boat, but I was pretty much the only one who could hear the rod go off because the music was so loud. <laughs> and uh, he got a, what was it, 47 and a half? Yeah, and that was a fighter. Yeah, it was a hell of a fight. Uh, it was just kind of, you know, neat story, and we laughed about it, and I'm sure we'll probably laugh about it for years. But, uh, you know, just like I said, he told us that that song was was it, and we put it on, and it worked. So. We got eight fish that day, didn't we? Yeah, I think seven or eight. Yeah, eight, it was a pretty good day. Pretty good day. That's a, that's a cool story, though, too. That, uh, oh, yeah, it was just funny. I mean, you know, we were laughing and, you know, it was towards the end of the day, but, uh, yeah. and, and the fish was like, you know, uh, some of these muskies fight, some of them don't, but that one, I remember like watching them fight it and it was like pretty impressive battle, you know, going under the boat, trying to get into other rods mm. towards the motors and, uh, you know, just, just a cool story. That's uh, yeah. So, so next time I'm out uh, out on the lake and I see you guys and I hear "Fat Bottom Girl," I know I gotta, I know I gotta put that on the Bluetooth, get it going. <laughs> it only worked for us out once, so we tried it again without without Frank and the boat just didn't work. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But as long as it worked once, that was all that mattered. Yep. To us. Yeah, that's a that's a memory. That's one of those things you tuck away. All right, that's cool, Doug. You got you got a uh, story or a day? Oh, anything is I got I got a couple. So I don't know if I got to try to squeeze them in real quick, but uh, we got time. One of the uh one one of the good stories I had for I mean I'm just gonna go this year or last year. I'm not gonna go back into the because I've had a lot of good stories with some really big fish and but uh 
the one day I can think about really uh, hits me good as a day. Actually, you guys were on the water, and uh, I had that Adam list pad with us, and uh, he wanted his nephew to catch a muskie, and they booked a trip. And actually, my phone had broken that day, so I had no – my phone was dead. I had nothing. And I actually remember calling – uh, you were fishing with Evan and Charlie. I remember having uh, Adam get a hold of you to let you guys know to stay in the area where we were at, where you seen us at. But uh, we we went we went eight for ten and four and a half hours. And uh, I believe you guys had a great day that day too. But my phone broke. I ended up having to go back to Sharon and get a new phone, and or I would have stayed out all day just to see what kind of numbers I had. I mean that was a really great day for the kid. I mean, them kids just kept ruining fishing. They couldn't believe it. You know, Adam being a musky fisher, he was, he was blown away, which was a cool thing. And, uh, I can think of a day I had a guy I work with and his two daughters during their mid twenties thinking, eh, I don't know how much they're going to like this. And, but I mean, we went 11 for 15, had a couple other rips. We got a 48 and a half, 44. I mean, we had some nice fish. It was, it was really impressive trip, but one of the trips that I can remember more than any of them and uh, for last year, maybe being a little biased because it was my daughter and where it was at, but uh, my kids don't seem to enjoy the muskie trolling very much. And I got three kids and uh, my daughter, she was six at the time and uh, she turned seven not too long after, but she's like, daddy, I, I like to go fishing tomorrow. I'm like, okay, really? So it was on like I want I want to say it was on a Thursday. It was on Wednesday when she said it, so it'd be on a Thursday. And I tell my buddy Adam Robbins, who's a big part of our group, said my daughter wants to go tomorrow. I think I'm going to take her to Arthur after work. He's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll meet you there. I'll hook the boat up before you ever get home. Like, all right, we go. We go out. I mean, I'm not. I'm telling you, not ten minutes of trolling. We hook up. It's a good one. Ten feet behind the boat, probably a four low forties jumps up in the air. Lure comes out of its mouth. I'm like, we're done. We're at Lake Arthur. We already hooked up. No way. Hit the next cove to the next point. Rod goes off again. And of course, like Jesse said earlier, flow perch. <laughs> flow perch mojo. My daughter, she's fighting this fish and it's getting crazy. Like we were talking with Frank and stuff at the boat. I mean, it's going everywhere. She's six years old. I'm holding a rod like as much as I can and she's fighting it. And I, just go to switch with that i switch with adam to have him help guide the rod and i go to the net and the fish is banging everywhere and i'm like oh shit. i feel like we're gonna lose this fish my daughter just drops the rod and runs to the seat just as she does it i net the fish and it was a 45 incher and i mean it was a heavy big heavy 45 inch fish and the look on her face and it, to me that might have been the best part of all last year <laughs> But uh, oh, I guess also one more trip, and I know it's crazy because I'm going forward, but me and Jesse went to Lake Arthur last year, late in the year. And uh, it was honestly, it was an incredible trip. You know, short weather was horrible. Like, probably thinking we're not going to catch a fish. And we go three for four. Yeah, there's my daughters right there. I mean, look at the size of that fish, the Lake Arthur fish. I mean... That's a that was a pretty impressive fish here. We were 
But me and Jesse went out to Arthur, and it was late. Like I said, the weather was not right. Nothing was right. I mean, just everything was wrong. And we go out, and we're like, hey, we're going to fish. And we went three for four. And uh, how big was that one? Jesse, 44, right? 44. Got a big, heavy 44, and we lost one just as big right at the boat. With, and I want to say almost like a rookie mistake. I mean, we, we kind of messed up with the steering of the boat, and the, we were just – ecstatic that the, our rods were going off the way they were and it was uh but yeah there were so many of them last year because we did so many trip and caught so many fish there yeah look at it look at that fish nice healthy beautiful fish from lake arthur i mean wow we go three for four and literally we fished <laughs> i don't know maybe six hours something like that i mean we we, we had a great trip but i mean like i said there's so many over the years and so many but i'll just go just that's just last year alone and we had like jesse's one from or joel's one from was from last year we had an eight fish day i mean we had some incredible days last year incredible days like i said again thanks to muskie's inc and stocking program i mean and what we've learned yeah there's the big one i remember where that one was caught but yes great uh, just too many memories I don't want to take up all the time, but it's wow, look at ready to think about. Yeah, that's a that's, that's one a of my pap story. You see the crease going down the center of the back on those ones, man. I mean, that's a giant wow. fish. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the cool thing about this though. I mean, you guys are out there doing it and it's it's obviously like fun to you guys you know you're you're doing you're doing this you're getting people on the water you're sharing those experiences about all the memories you guys have made you know musky fishing over the last however many years i mean that is that's to me that's what this thing is all about you know doing it with doing it with friends and family and learning as much as you can and i think it's it's kind of interesting because just i'm still considering myself really green you know obviously not doing this last year was my first full year but like that's what I'm starting to learn it's not about you know the the biggest fish you're catching it's about getting out there and fishing with you know friends and family and doing this thing and making memories so that's really cool I I really enjoy those types of stories you know that that's cool stuff we make memories every weekend see the every point weekend the point I Ryan, probably, if, I, if I had a better memory yeah. <laughs> but i mean to tell you we have some good times up there man yes the point the point ryan to me like with the guiding part is you have to be able to get past and to me it was very simple and for some reason happened fast but you have to get past the part of being the person that reels a fish in you have to be you have to earn the excitement or just enjoy the excitement with the other person when you put that net on a fish, cause you know what you do, you know, you know that they caught that fish cause of you, but you don't ever want to bring that up. That, that, that doesn't mean anything. That person caught that fish to them. They caught that fish. You net that fish. You see the excitement. You start high five and that fish is in the net. It's in the basket. You're, you know, cameras are getting ready. You're taking a picture. That's the part you got to be able to get past. If you want to guide you can't be the person that wants to reel that fish in every time. Yeah. And for some people that may never happen for them. And that's a hundred percent fine. But for me, I would just been on so many trips by myself, taking friends. I didn't reel anything in. 
you know, take the rod, take the rod, you know, and, and, and that support. And it's, it's an awesome feeling to watch people roll a fish in and, you know, yeah. just listen to them when that drag's going off and then they're, they're fighting that fish. And then once they get that fish in their hands, it's just a great thing. It really is. That's awesome. Yeah. That I took is- one buddy out last year and actually just two times I took a buddy out that had never caught much. Well, one dude did catch one in the river with me one time, but they, they never really caught muskies. And I took them out and both times we had really good days, but they were those days where everything was like a clone. You know, you caught like 30 inches all day long. And that's all you caught was even some were even probably under 30 at the, at the you know, the one day, but they were like, you know, ecstatic over catching like a 28 or 30 inch or it didn't matter to them. They just wanted to catch a muskie so bad and they got both of them caught you know i think the one i had three the other one i had maybe like four the one day <clears throat> but i mean to them when did they would have never caught three or four muskies in a day in their life you know if they didn't come out and they might not have been the biggest ones you know you can't always you can't pick which ones bite your baits right. i wish i could figure out how i could pick which ones bit my baits but you can't but you know muskies a muskie in my boat they all count i don't care if it's 20 25 inches on it but yeah, yeah joel's joel's been around for tons of the fish with the uh for the guide and he's been around a lot with it on the boat and, and like i said jesse last year came out a few times but the first trip jesse come out last year uh 13 14 year old maybe ah, maybe a 15 year old kid remember it like it was yesterday remember where it was at and everything but rod goes off he was the first one up because he was a young kid and uh 42 incher on a crime boss i mean and we in probably the first hour and a half two hours we couldn't get nothing to happen bang just like that four fish my four for five and probably like two and a half hours and, but the first rod it goes off kids first musky 40 42 inches he was i mean I mean, it's they awesome. just get, people get broken up, man. They just, <laughs> the excitement level is unbelievable. So it was, it's always fun. You ain't got crime bosses in your spread. You better get with it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I'm talked to Paul. Crime boss guy. That's, I love crime bosses. I just talked to him the other day. I want to get, I want to get a couple crime bosses. I have yeah, they were. I have one. I need to get a couple more colors. Just need like two or three. No name perk. That's it. No name. That's uh, that's on my list. I didn't. I gotta. That's the one. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta talk to him about that. Paul knows. That's my color. <laughs> Joe, were you were you getting ready to say something over there? I was gonna go back a little bit. You know, sometimes uh, if let's let's say you know we're not guiding or whatever, running trips. Uh, it can be, you know, seems like me, Adam, and Doug in the boat. And uh, there's many times, you know, we're like, when a rod goes off, it's like, you get it. You get it. Yeah. You get it. You know, it's like, it's like, we, you want to, you still want to pass it off to somebody. It's like, you know, as long as the fish are being coming in the boat, yep. really, you know, when I go fish with me or somebody else or whatever, you know, to go certain places yeah i like to catch fish but um it is great seeing other people you know like i said especially people that that don't fish much or don't fish at all 
they catch uh, their most fish, their biggest fish, whatever. Uh, you know, they get pretty excited. And I mean, that, that just makes you feel good. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Basically, it's, you know, pretty cool feeling. Last year, I got to go out with Doug one evening. It was like a Friday. I came up for the weekend uh, to fish, and me and him got out for a couple hours on a Friday evening. I just happened to be driving his boat when we first went out. Not long after that, the rod goes off, and uh, he's like, grab it. I'm like, nah, man, you grab it, 45-incher. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah i tried never to grab a rod did what i do <laughs> what was that one on oh man i want to say i want to say flow perch i think i think it might have been a crime boss but it might have been i know the same thing happened with adam my buddy adam he he's the same way he got into it and right away he's coming with me so he's not reeling a lot of fish in but he has caught plenty but uh i took him out last or one day last year and I was driving the boat and my side went off and I'm like, grab it. He's like, I'm not touching that rod. You get it. And I'm like, dude, just take it. It sounds like a good one. He's like, no, I'm not. Get it. So I get up and get it 48 incher on it. And I remember that was on a, a hammer lure on a, a nitro perch hammer lure, 48 incher. And I'm like, dude, I told you to take the rod, you know, but. Yeah. That got to reel some in sometimes. Yeah, it's funny because, like, we catch all them fish, and I'm lucky to ruin 15 fish a year, you know, and I'm fine with it. I love it. I love the other people to catch them, and I don't care if it's 50-plus inches. Catch it. Let's get it in the boat, and let's get some pictures. Let's celebrate, you know, and that's what we do. That's uh, – I mean, that's a cool thing because the other – you know, the other part of this, like, you know, if I go out with – with a guide, you know, if I were out with you guys and, and I would get, you know, we'd get a fish in the bag, like instant, I mean, and the thing of it is like, I think maybe fishermen are a little bit different than people that don't go out as much, but like instantly in my mind, I'm like, Doug caught that fish. Like, I know, like, I know sitting there that, you know, you caught that fish. I got to reel it in. But I think the, the big thing is the opportunity to learn too, you know, from guys like you, but that's you get the out worst there on the thing. water. Yeah, what's that? That's that's like the worst thing for us to like. I mean, to me personally, and I'm sure to Jesse and Joel, we all know in the back of our mind, but we don't think about that. We don't. Yeah. We want everyone to think they caught the fish because that's what it's about. You know, mm -hmm. they did reel it in, they fought it, and you know, and 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 that's the joy about everybody knows. Like us guys that all fish, we all know, but I want them people to feel like, hey, I caught that fish. You know, I, I don't want the yeah. credit. You know. I, th I think that's my first reaction though. Like is when, when it hits the bag, I'm like immediately thanking the person I'm with because I know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's, it, but that's, that's the other part of guiding too. Or you, you'll take me out. I'll go out with you guys. And it's like, uh, I'm just going to sit there and bang questions off of you all day long. Like, you know, and that's, I think that's part of it too, you know, for guys to learn, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I might be a weird when it comes to this, but like when I get a guide, I think, last year was different for me because my brother hadn't caught a muskie to the point we went out you know with with muddy creek and i think for him to get his first fish it was more special but i don't know that you know i don't know that i'm more worried about catching fish as i am trying to learn as much as i can you know like i guess areas you know baits all that stuff but i guess it's it's crazy too because it changes like every day seems like oh yeah so it, along that line, though, like, 
one question I would have for you guys is like, is that stressful at all? Like when you're out there, guiding, oh. is it, like what's the stress level of the captain running the boat? You know, it, just any given day it feels like it would be a, a lot more difficult. Does anyone else? Joe, you want to answer that? Or? I mean, uh, you know, as, as good as overall as we did last year, there were still some grinders. I mean, we're grinding it out. Uh, you know, going hours and hours and hours with nothing and uh, and finally getting a fish, man. Uh, Very you gratifying. Know, that that trolling, like we said, is like a mental thing. You know, you just you try to be as patient as you can, but is it stressful? Yeah, because you know, you want you want to put these people on some fish, you know, try to get them some action, and the fish just aren't cooperating. Uh you know, and you basically have to wait it out. Uh, yeah, it's stressful. Will persevere. Yeah, it's stressful no matter what. But when you got clients on the boat, yeah, you get that first fish in a bag. Right. It's and and honestly, I mean, we had an unbelievable year, unbelievable year, guy. I mean, I can't think of too many days. I don't. I can think of two half days that we only caught one fish on each half day trip and it was the same exact day other than that i want to say we pretty much got at least two fish but man there was some grinders like joel said i mean literally i can remember one of my first trips for the year uh we pushed it back because of weather and uh with two two young guys on the boat and uh we literally went we had one fish on in like the first hour and a half and we lost it we went like six or seven hours and i'm telling you nothing not even a rip, not even a snag to hear the, the rod go off. And uh, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we caught four fish in like an hour and a half. And, man, it was the best thing. But like Joel said, man, there's some grinds and your head's just spinning. You're leaving areas that you know you can catch fish and trying other areas. And then you're going back to the area that you know has been good for you. And it's just, <laughs> it's mind-boggling sometimes. It's like. You know, you feel like you have something figured out. And then just like Jesse said earlier about mastering it. I mean, I, I don't believe that there is math. I mean, I believe that all of us guys do well and we put our time in. And, but I don't believe there's mastering, man. There's times like just like Joel just said, you got to wait it out. And there's times you're in the right spot. You're putting your baits past the fish and they're just not eating. Nope. And man, it can be. It's frustrating because, like I said, like us. We all have full-time jobs, so, you know, it's not like we, – we don't want to – and granted, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, and I don't know how we're going to handle it, but we haven't been skunked yet on a trip, and it's going to happen. Oh, when it does – yeah, knock on wood, but when it does, I don't know what I'm how, how I'm going to act about it, but, uh, yeah, it's mind-blowing. It's frustrating. You're seeing fish on fish, on side imaging, you, you and and you could take that away half the time for us guys, even though that's a big important part about fishing. But you could take it away from us because we have areas that we know that are hot, you know. But when they're not producing and you're looking and you're searching, it's it's pretty it it's frustrating. Yes, yeah, that's a that's good stuff because I I I mean, there's a human element to all this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and and like I think 
too, it's easy. Like for me, when I first started doing this, you know, just talking to guys and like, you know, there's almost like, even at the show, like last year, like I, I get, I don't know why I get so nervous, like to ask questions or, you know, I just know like people that are really good at musky fishing. It's just like, I know that I'm not there and I just, you know, you get this, but the thing of it is, is you guys are like down to earth. You go out, you catch a ton of fish, but you're not afraid to share this stuff and, and get people out there. Like that's a, that's a huge deal, you know? So I don't know. That's a, that's a good soundbite for me, you know, to hear that there's just, you guys have the same days, you know, got guides run into this stuff all the time. It's not always catching fish, you know, you got to not all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> <out there. laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Oh man. It's that, not, that's definitely not. There are days that there is rainbows and unicorns shoot not at a rod holders, yeah. but there's days that there are there are no rainbows and there are no unicorns. It yeah. uh, just uh, you guys can put me down for the uh, the rain the rainbows and unicorns days. Yes, <laughs> a couple of those. Undoubtedly, the the one day you get skunked will be the day I'm on the boat because I I bring like the most awful luck to everything. Oh my god! Like, yeah. like terrible. We've heard that a lot of times this year, and yeah, yeah, that's uh, we definitely pulled it out on people that said that there's such bad luck and this and that. And all right, so I was just curious about this one. You know, do you guys aside? I know with the guiding, it's kind of tough because if you're going to do that, you've got to be more or less at home. But just out of curiosity, like, do you guys have any uh, any big trips planned for 2021? I think Jesse, I saw you were out, was at St. Clair for that tournament last year. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing again this year. A little yeah. bit later, uh, first week of August, I'm going with uh, – I fish myself there, you know, also. But the last year was the first time I ever really fished with a guide. You know, I just always wanted to fish with Quintano, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's just an awesome fisherman. You know, he knows – you know, as far as St. Clair goes, in my opinion, there ain't many better. But I just always wanted to fish with them, you know, to up my chances, being that I'm only there for a week. Because I've been to St. Clair so many times where, you know, I might be there for seven, eight, nine days. You know, I'm catching fish, but I'm not really figuring it out for like six days where now I got to go home. <laughs> and that place is like, you know, the weather can just ruin your life there. So you only when you can get on the water, you want to make the best of it. You know, so I mean, I'm going back out with him again this year. You know, he's he's awesome. You know, I'm I'm whale fishing when I'm when I'm up there with him. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm not there for numbers. I can catch numbers myself. I've had, you know, huge days there on my own. So I mean I can go catch numbers there if I want. I just want to catch a whale. And that's where they live. So nice. I just seen a post from him the other day. He had a triple header with a 50. A 52 and a half and a 49 triple header with three guys on the boat and no net man. That's the kind of day I've been looking for. Wow. <laughs> wow. <That's cool. laughs> what about you guys? Joel, Doug, you have any plans for a trip this year? Uh, we were looking to go last year. Of course, COVID took us <laughs> out of that. But uh, yeah, me and Joel, we're looking, me and Joel's been to St. Clair plenty of times, but uh, as well as Jesse, but uh my buddy Adam that fishes with me a ton, runs trips with me. Uh, he's never been there. So we we're going to try to get the three or four of us out all to go up there and uh, spend three or four days. 
me and me and uh Joel have both been fortunate enough to catch our biggest fish ever up there and uh which was a great thing. And I've caught I caught mine on of course what Jesse said, the Ziggy. I, I caught a fifty four incher on a Ziggy and uh Joel, would you get a fifty four and a half or something on a Baker, a Baker. Baker, yeah, a Baker bait. So we've both been lucky to get some giants out of there. I can't and, say uh, I've ever caught a fifty-four incher. Yeah, so Jesse's <laughs> up, so we want to get him on there. My turn. I need a fifty-four. I've caught tons, tons of thirty-four inch <laughs> fish. <laughs> I've caught tons of thirty-four inch fish out of that lake. I know that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Up there one time on a boss shad, all black boss shad. So it was, but there, there's some big fish in that lake, and it's. But I'm I curious did lose to the biggest that. one of my life there. That's for sure, definitely. I think Pima tuning has hopefully this year is gonna get us something. We got some really good fish this year, really really good fish, and uh, hopefully this year it's gonna step. Just don't gotta step up much, just a little bit. 50s are going to start falling. Yeah. We were close a bunch of times this year. A lot of fish. So We struggled pretty significantly on St. Clair when we were there. It was, uh, it was fun. We caught some pike. If you're looking for the numbers, in my opinion, with the border being closed, you know, the odds are against you, in my opinion, up there. Yeah. If, with the if you're looking closed. to go up there and just have a field day, and, you know, have one of those magical days where you can get 15, 20 fish a day. You know, in my opinion, they need to open the borders for that to happen. Yes. That's just my opinion. Not saying you can't catch them on the American side. You can. I did it. With I agree with you, though. So, I mean, it could happen, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm just kind of, as far as trips this year, I don't know. Uh I'm not sure the border is going to open up. That's the only downside right now. You know, I hope it does. Really, I don't I'm have looking any. Good. No, I don't have any trips planned. Uh, you know, I'd like to go to Chautauqua maybe a couple of times this year. Uh, I used to love casting up there. I'd like to do that. Uh, but I mean, we got we got pretty damn good fishing here in PA now. I can do day trips anywhere. You know. Go up to the time of tombing, whatever. Pretty happy, you know. That's kind of would like. Gotcha. I would like to, would like to take a trip, you know, somewhere. But like I said, you can't fight what you can't do right now, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know. that's kind of where I'm at. I'm gonna stay at home this year. My next trip is gonna be the Ottawa River, Saint Clair or Saint Lawrence River area. That's where I want to go. Montreal. That's my next. That's where I want to go. In my own boat. I want to do it. I want to go there. That would be a fun trip. Right. But I'm I'm content with St. Clair. I love St. Clair. I know it pretty good now. I've been there enough. I love I love it there. I only usually go once, sometimes twice a year. I usually will try to do a fall casting trip too. But that's about my extent of traveling as far as muskie goes. I go to Ohio, you know, pretty often too. Yeah. That's not quite traveling. You know, it's, yeah. it's it could be less for than day. two hours away. For a weekend. As far as a major trip, I'd have to say Montreal, 
or Lake of the Woods. That's on my to-do list. Oh yeah, I got I got dream trips. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just gotta get out and do them someday. They'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, they gotta open the borders first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Next question. Um, if I were to ask you guys for, let's see, your top tip for new musky anglers or guys that want to get into musky fishing, what would that tip be? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's words that I live by, to be honest, and it's uh, patience will, will persevere. You know, it, musky fishing is not something some people, you know, jump right into it and they, uh, you know, they, they, they luck out and they just start catching them right away. I wasn't quite that lucky, but you know, you just, you gotta be patient. You gotta be, you still just gotta have confidence in your, in your game plan and you know, it'll all come together. And once it comes together the first time, you know, I'm not saying it's all downhill from there, but you know, patience, patience is, is, is key to musky fishing in my opinion you got to be patient and you got to you got to have confidence if you go out there and you know in the first 10 minutes oh i hate this i ain't catching nothing well go back to bass fishing because it ain't for you you gotta have patience that's that's my biggest biggest uh word of advice for sure I agree with that that was that was important for me when i was starting I, I I have less tizzy fits now. I don't throw my rods on the ground as much now <laughs> or in the bottom of the boat. I've been known to throw rods in the water too. <laughs> Joel, I'm curious what, what would your tip be? I think I probably mentioned this last time, but uh, you know, just keep it simple. Uh don't overthink things, you know. Try to find somebody like a mentor, like I, I know I mentioned that the last time we talked. You know, somebody that can, you know, point you in the right direction. Might not necessarily take you out fishing, but point you straight, not not give you a bunch of BS, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, don't go out and buy a bunch of lures, you know. Buy, buy If you're planning on, you know, doing it, get a decent rod, a decent reel, good pliers, hook cutters, uh, you know, talk to some people, get some – like these local made lures, like the last time we talked wild these and stuff, these lures work great in our area, you know, um, just don't go out and blow thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, and get crazy on things, you know, just keep it as simple as you can and go from there. Cause yeah. I know, I mean, I hate to, I hate to say it, but I think there's a lot of people that get into musky fishing and then, they don't really stick to it. You know, they don't last that long. They either, you know, had higher expectations or they're just the type of person that, you know, moves from this to that, you know, just go out and enjoy it and uh, go from there, you know, and then 10, 15 years later, when you're divorced, uh, you've got thousands and thousands of dollars of gear, $70,000 boats and, uh, you know, then look back and say, yeah, I'm winning. I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> true, true story, Joe. Yeah, right. Yep. 
That's, I'll tell you the same thing I I'd probably said before. I wish you were around five six years ago for me to ask. And uh, I I was I was fortunate enough that I, I did have you know somebody that knew what was going on. I just think um, my buddy Dan and I we have a tendency to push each other to keep buying stuff we don't need. You know, like at shows and stuff. But we feed off each other pretty good. But uh, that's a that's a good piece of advice, Joel. I think that, like I said, just you know, you know, I, I think it's a little intimidating now, especially nowadays. You, you know, a guy sees the price of these lures and stuff, man. You know, most of these local made baits and stuff. You know, even if you want to keep it simple with the suix and some bucktails and stuff like that, you can still get into this at a pretty reasonable rate. You know, you don't have to go out and buy. Mm -hmm custom rods custom reels you know you, you can get in it and do it and you know it's still a working man's you know wage so just do that and then go from there you know that's all i can say yeah dog you have a you have a tip for a new musket angler yeah, I would say my tip is probably the most uh, frequent asked question that I get. And to me, it's probably one of the worst questions just because uh, it's not accurate. But I would say the best tip I could give is to know your baits, how deep they go. I can't tell you how many people call me and say, uh, how much line are you letting out? Well, here's the problem. Say I'm running a down rod. My down rod's seven foot. Uh, say Jesse's down rod's six and a half. But right there, you got six inch difference. Maybe Jesse's running a uh, hundred pound test and I'm running 80. It's not the same. Now, if you call me and say, how deep are you running your bait? And I say six feet and you know what, what takes, uh, how much line out lets you get this bait six feet down then you're fine. But everybody wants to know how, how, how much line you have out. Well, speed comes in the factor. Your boat height comes in the factor. Your rod length comes in the factor. There's so many factors you need to know. You need to go into a, a, a part of the lake maybe that, that you know that's sandy, that's, there's not a ton of snags, and let the line out and let the bait hit the bottom. You know, I mean, this bait here is not going to run the same as this bait with 40 feet of line out, even say on a side rod, let alone on a board rod or, a, or, or a down rod, especially, I mean, everybody runs different. Like I said, people run 65 pounds, people run 80, people run a hundred, you know, I mean, people's different rod lengths. I mean, the question we get, and I know Jesse and Joel both have had this question a million times, you know, how fast you going, how much line you have out. I mean, you, I think that you need to put, a little bit of homework in like i said when there's guys on the boat that say maybe like you that fish and, and you ask a question no problem we can help answer the question we don't have a lot of that we have a lot of guys that are literally people just paying to catch a muskie they mm -hmm. want a picture of a muskie they're not out there to learn so they don't want to run rods or they don't want to see how deep this lure goes but all the outside questions we get is about is that, I mean, really that, I mean, I don't know, Joel or Jesse, one of you guys, I'm sure you, 
could probably come up with a million times that someone called you and said, how much line are you letting out on your lower or how much, or how fast are you going? You know, I mean, these are things you need to take time and figure out, you know, for your setup, for your rod, for your boat height off the water, you know, all that comes to play. I, I believe in those type of scenarios. I mean, if someone has a pontoon boat where the rod might, they might have six inches of rod in the water or someone who has like Joel's river boat, that's, a foot off the water you know you, you put your down rod in the water and now he got three foot of rod in the water this guy got six inches it, it's mm. it's not that easy you know i i think to me is learning your own setup and learning your lower depths i would say would be my biggest that's probably my most frequent asked question and that's like the best answer i could give yeah critical like, is right that's a good way to put it critical it's like, yeah, just absolutely critical. And like, and that's, a, that's the thing is, you know, I, I mean, I, I get into this and I had no, I had no idea. We, we weren't even, when I first started, we weren't even using line counters. We were chucking stuff off the back of the boat, you know? And it's like, it's so different now. I mean, the more I fish, the more I talk to guys, you know, the more I do it, the more I realize like how important that aspect is. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. You know, they see all these pretty baits and lures and colors and everything, and they go crazy. They buy all this stuff. And then, you know, that's going back to what Joel said, like you do that for a year and you don't catch anything. <laughs> that's when everybody's stuff goes up on Facebook marketplace, <laughs> you know, it's like, but that's, I mean, those are really good. I mean, I think, you know, going back to Jesse, you said patience, you know, Joel finding a mentor and, you know, really just spending time on the water and then learning the equipment, you know, not just the lure, but your, your setup, like you put it, Doug, like, you know, some guys are running 50 pound braids. Some guys are running 80 guys are running a hundred. There's a huge difference there, you know? So I think that's all really good stuff. And a lot of people look at them line counters and take that line counter for granted for, for say, you know what I mean? That line counter, you let your line out and it says you've got 15 feet of line out you know it might it might be 22 feet of line out just because of the amount of line you have on your spool if your spools ain't full your line counter is automatically inaccurate leader length i mean i think yeah a lot of things would go into it like you just got to do it for your setup how much line you got on your spool you know you know on my rod 17 feet of line out getting me down five feet so whatever you know this rod it might 17 feet of uh, line out might only get me three feet down because I got way more line on this reel than that reel. But I've learned to keep my spools full, you know. Yeah. You keep your spool full, your line counter is way more accurate. I mean, I'm keep your leaders. I'm, I'm not saying I go out and pull line out and, and completely calibrate my line counters. I just learn my my equipment on my own. You know, I know what my rods do. And yeah, but going my back to what you said, I know my line counter is pretty accurate, and I, I just, my mind is like a steel trap when it comes to them type of things. I don't forget. But going back to what you said with that as well as, uh, with your leader length, you know, Ryan, you might run a six foot leader, I might run a four foot leader. I mean, all this stuff comes into play. Yeah. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, in our lakes, running shallower waters and things might not be a giant deal you know six inches different might not be a, a game changer 
but you get into trying to push baits a little deeper or run them a little shallower. I mean, there are definitely going to be some differences. And if you're a little below them fish, worst place to be, you know, just because of your rod might be in the water further, your leaders longer, you know, that's what we say your setup. You need to know your setup a hundred percent. That'd be my advice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think it takes time too. I think you got to spend does. time on it. People don't, you know, I didn't, I, there's times where I should still spend more time on making sure, you know, I should be taking these reels out in the parking lot or in my driveway and, and, and testing that stuff. But, you know, I think it's, that's all good. That's all really good points for guys that are either just starting or even, I mean, guys still, you know, fishing today, you know, even if they've been a year or two in, you know, that's all good information. And not every bait's going to even be the same, unless it's like a mass produced plastic bait. That's exactly the same. Every bait, like per se, like uh, I say, like a tough shad, pretty much I would have to say every single tough shad is going to run exactly the same on your boat. Whereas like a handmade cedar bait, like say like a mojo, every piece of wood is different. You know, this end of the piece of wood that he used is different than the density on the other end, which is going to affect the, the way the bait swims. You know, I have, I definitely have some baits, two that might be exactly the same looks, but one definitely dives deeper than the other, you know, with say 15 feet of line out, this one's hitting bottom and this one ain't, you know, it could just be the wood, you know, yeah. a lot of variables in it, you know, you just got to try to get it as close as you can stay in the top one third of the water and you're good in my opinion. That's a, let me write that one down too, right there. And then <laughs> make a little personal note. <laughs> All right. Two more questions. So, I guess, um, when are you guys going to start talking, you know, trips being booked? I think, uh, you know, what's the time frame? When, when can we start reaching out to you to bug you about scheduling a day? Uh, you can reach out anytime. Uh, I think it uh, seems like at March, early April is when people really start thinking about fishing. When, when the weather starts to break, uh, the phone starts to ring. And, and last year kind of how it went april may the phone was just off you know it was which was a good thing it was great but uh i threw something up last uh yeah maybe early february and i talked to you i booked a few trips and uh there's still, we still got tons of openings and like i said with jesse now we're gonna have even more and uh i'll probably really start reaching out and that mid-march early april i'll really start putting the post up and probably hopefully booking the trips and uh but yeah at any time i mean we have a lot of stuff floating around and we'll start advertising a little more here in march all right cool so, so i was gonna ask like how to get a hold of you guys but it sounds like you're gonna post some stuff out through instagram let everybody know yeah, right now, uh, I, I do actually have a website, but it's not fully functional yet. Uh, still messing around with it. But uh, really, Instagram was so good for me last year. Between that and word of mouth, I had as many trips as I could handle last year. And that's one of the reasons Jesse stepped up. And uh, yeah, we got a ton of cards floating around. I got getting some different things. I got some uh, koozies starting up. Okay. I got magnets starting. I mean, we got... Uh, I got, I even got masks. 
Oh, you got masks? I yeah, yeah. How do I get a hold of one of these? Can I put an order in? I'll, I'll get they're, you some stuff. I'll get they're some honestly stuff really great masks, too. Like, yeah, I'll get some stuff. Pretty much the only one I wear. Uh, I gotta wear masks. We got shirts. Uh, I'm gonna right. start advertising. We, we've been having trouble getting them with this COVID stuff. Yeah, there's one there. We got all different kinds. Uh, I got. Let me flip the script. We got some black stuff coming now. Black hoodies, hopefully pretty soon. But right now, black T-shirts. We got a lot of dry fit stuff. It seems like that's what everybody wants. Uh, mm. Hats, hats are right now going into uh, production. Hopefully. This week I'm supposed to meet with the guy and uh, hopefully we can get them out pretty soon. But uh, yeah, a lot of apparel going out and people seem to really like the name. And like I said, I mean, I, I can't speak enough for all my buddies. And like I said, Adam Robbins isn't here. Joel Jesse are here. Dave Rank is not here, but we all work together and a hundred percent success rate, man. I mean, that's to me, I'm sure even Joel can tell you as many years as he's been musky fishing, Jesse, same thing. And granted, I mean, I, I think I got skunked a couple of times last year. I'm not going to say I didn't. I, I think I might have. But, man, to run trips and every trip be successful, I couldn't ask for a better group of friends and a better a better year. I mean, really, it, it was amazing to not have to tell somebody or try to apologize to somebody. You know, I tried, but it just didn't happen. I mean, it's going to, but we're going to ride this wave until it does. <laughs> keep, keep riding it. <laughs> On work makes dream work. Yes, sir. Boom. Right there. Well, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedules to jump on and, and just talk fishing, you know, talk bang and bottom. You know, I think, man, I got, I'm looking forward to getting out with, with you guys this year, do some fishing. I want to, I want to learn more about our lakes here and you know i can't really think of a better way to do that so i uh yeah thanks i appreciate you guys jumping on you know it means a lot to get you guys on and you know it's a it's it's a great thing when we when we got guys like you and the community you know all three of you that will that will sit down and help uh you know a new angler you know like me at a show you know i can't say enough about that so i appreciate all you guys do and you know it is it is really cool seeing the pictures, you know, you post the pictures from the trip, all these young kids and stuff, man, it is really cool stuff to, to see that from you guys. So I appreciate that too. That's uh, that, that makes, uh, makes the work week a little less trivial when you can see stuff like that. <laughs> Keeps you engaged in the fishing anyway. Well, people get the bug. Oh, I, I want to touch one more thing real quick with you, but you, uh, I know you talked a few times, to, uh, young Brady. Oh yeah, he's like uh, he's one of my my lifelong friends' uh, nephews, and uh, I took him out one time. First time I took him out, we got three musky. And it was actually at Lake Arthur. They weren't huge, low thirties. But I tell you what, he made his uncle go out and buy a boat. He started buying fishing gear, and he literally—I <laughs> don't know—he might be. I think I want to say he's fifteen years old, but man, he is—he's hooked. When you see kids get hooked like that. It's a, it, it, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, I, I mean, he all, that's all he talks about, you know, can't wait, we can't wait to musky fish and musky fish. And it's, it's a cool thing to see. I mean, and like, he's like, like Jesse said, man, teamwork makes dream work. I mean, 
It's the truth. Yeah, that's Brady's Brady's my man. I do. I talk to him every once in a while. He's there was a day I think last year, uh he's posted some pictures of some um, some fish they caught and I was like, This is that's just so cool to me. You know yeah. like, it's uh, I, I mean I got nieces and nephews and they they're they're not they're not gonna be fishing, you know, <laughs> like I can tell and it's it's just cool to see that. You know, it's cool to see oh, yeah, my like kids. That. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to cover? Nope. I'm good, man. We're good. It's a good time. I appreciate it. Let's book a trip with Bang and Bottoms and right. you'll have a great time no matter what. Yeah. Get a hold of any of us, whichever way you need to. Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Telephone. Get a hold of us. We'll get you out there. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. I appreciate your time. Guys, anybody that's watching, you need to check out Doug, Jesse, and Joel, and take a look at Banging Bottom Guide Service here in Pennsylvania. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Yins, guys, you heard it from Doug, Jesse, and Joel. We got some good information out there. We talked bait selection. You know, we talked a little bit of Leo's. We talked a little bit of Boss Shad's. We talked some tips for new anglers. You know, heard some really awesome stories. You guys got that local fisherman perspective. You got that guide perspective. You know, these are all very interesting things. And there's a lot of hidden gems that were provided in this episode. So hopefully you guys took the time to watch the entirety of this episode. And again, you know, these guys go out and follow them on social media, go out and like, follow Banging Bottom Outfitters and just keep your tabs on them throughout the year and just see all the cool stuff that they're doing with their posts, seeing these young kids catching fish, seeing grown men catching their first muskie and just really seeing the smiles that are happening on those boats throughout the year. You guys are not going to find any better human beings than Doug, Joel, and Jesse. Um, they are absolutely phenomenal fishermen, and you will not be disappointed if you guys reach out to them and talk trips. You know, so guys, if you like this video, if you like this type of video cast, do me a favor, go out there and follow Banging Bottom on Instagram. You know, reach out to Doug, talk trips talk musky, and hopefully it'll create an opportunity for you guys to learn something new, especially if you're looking for that local charter. You know, again, if you guys like this, you can hit the like button on the video. If you like this content overall, please subscribe to my channel. I greatly appreciate each and every one of you that have been supporting me again for the last three years. You guys are awesome. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on these video casts, particularly from the musky anglers, but also guys, I'm going to be posting all of my new videos up on my podcast site on Podbean in audio only format. You guys know I like to do a lot of how to's. I like to do a lot of these types of videos from my office talking about fishing. And I really think that podcast Podbean app is going to give you guys another element to be able to listen, you know, while you're in the car or while you're at work without having to sit here and watch me at my desk. You can listen while you're doing stuff and still get some of this decent information that I'm trying to put out. So go out there and check out that Podbean page. I guess all that's left to say is tight lines.
We will see Yens next time.